Uh, today we got a real treat, family. Today um, we have one of our other elders, one of our other pastors here, Tony Navarro, is going to be bringing God's word to us. And uh, just a reminder, you know, this church belongs to Jesus. Uh, he's ultimately the pastor of this church. He's the chief shepherd, 1 Peter 5 tells us. And he's entrusted his church then to other elders, which also are pastors. And we have six elders at the brook, six pastors. Uh, Jeremy and I are paid to do what we do, and the other four brothers uh, do this volunteer-wise, and we're so grateful for them. Tony's one of our pastors here, and uh, God's been putting this message on his heart uh, for prayer, and um, just excited for you to, to bring God's word to us. Thank you, brother. Let's uh, put our hands together for our brother Tony. <laughs> well, if you haven't heard, and you just found out that we're starting to fast, that's like bad news for you right now because <laughs> you already got the slow cooker going or you got, you're anticipating what you're going to make tonight and, uh, and just re ready to just roll out with this week normally. But fasting is something that's very challenging from my experience. I'm going to ask that we <coughs> open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 4 and we will be reading through verses 2 through four. And what I love about what's happening right now is that we have to look at our Bible. It's nice to have it on the screen, and I that's a privilege and that's great. But there's nothing like the people of God opening up their Bibles and reading it themselves and seeing the very scriptures. I'm gonna ask that you stand as well as we read the scriptures. And there's not many. The book of Colossians again, chapter 4, verse 2 to 4, says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, and at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the privilege to come together as brothers and sisters, as family, as friends, and even as guests today to hear of your word, to hear of your truth, and to take part of corporate worship, to take of your communion, to remember what Christ has done for us. And today, Lord, we look at your scriptures, and you're going to show us again how important it is to pray. And Father, I confess first here that this is something I struggle with on a daily basis. I am not speaking to your people uh, from above them. I am under them. And I thank you for your grace upon my life. And may it be for them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, it's ironic, it's just weird to me that we're so motivated January 1st to address the things that we probably struggle with the most. A lot of the world struggles with weight, not just me. And I know that's what you're thinking, like, man, that guy. And that's okay. But what happens right now is memberships are, are just getting filled up right now, right? Planet Fitness, LA Fitness. You still have a Bally's? Bally's. 
right? There's, there's all these uh, extreme fitness. There's all these, you know, different ones, like, you know, just places that people are joining in. And then, you know, you go, you're going to Target and you're buying all the tight clothes that make you look good working out, right? And you want to buy their new shoes and everything, the new smartwatch to help you with your heart rate and all that. And everybody's just getting ready to, to just dive right in. And you need that. You, you need a plan, and sometimes you need a new start. Sometimes you need to get motivated. Sometimes you just need a, a, a like, like Pastor was saying earlier, you need somebody else to help you along with that too, a, a training partner, right? And, and that helps. But from, from my experience, one of the, 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 or two of the hardest things to be consistent on with disciplining myself is prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And it's funny, the Dr. Jeremiah says that, how you come to the Lord, if prayer is easy to you, it tends to be something that you grow on. But if prayer is difficult, it seems to be a struggle you have throughout your entire Christian walk. You're always having these up and down moments, right? And so now, we, we love our pastor, right? He says, why don't we go ahead and address those two things right away, right? And we fast together, and, and, and we, we come in prayer together, and we're going to do a series in prayer and one of the other things is finances as well. And we're going to be addressing finances. So these are all the things that I know that are going to help us holistically as believers, as people. Right? And so we see here that Paul is the author and he is addressing the church, the Colossian church. And he right away jumps right in and says that continue steadfastly in prayer. Now, Paul is saying that I'm already an expecting you guys to be doing this. Just continue on doing it. I'm not saying like, oh, now go ahead and pray. No, this is something that you should already be doing. He says continue on in prayer. St. Louis says that the moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and your hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And their first job each morning consists in shoving it all back and then listening to that other voice, taking the other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flow through you. My struggle is planning. In the morning, that happens. That, that's my, when I read that, like, that's me. That's what happens when, when I wake up, I'm already thinking, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get to work fast, make sure the dog out, make sure this gas in the car, put the coffee in. And I'm already flooded with all the concerns that I got to do. Is it the 15th, the mortgage, is the first? You start thinking all these things, and you're thinking, I got to make sure I jump on it and get at it right away. But it's, it's sad that it's me doing that. John Bunyan says that he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. Isn't that something, right? When, when we start with God, well, when I start with God, let me, let, me say, let me say me. When I start with God, I feel like the time is just expanded. I don't know what, what it is, but I just feel like the, the time is just like kind of just expanded. And it went from this to this. Then I feel like I hear the car turn on. I just feel like everything's clicking right. right? I just feel like everything is moving right. I just, I feel like, I mean, just, I don't even want to listen to the radio. I'm just like kind of still in that posture of prayer as I'm driving to work. And then when you get flooded with all the requests and you get to work, you kind of like, <laughs> hold there, right? Hold up. You know? Let me put my things away, and, and, and I'll get to that. It's going to be all right. 
It's going to just be all right. Don't, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Right? And, and it's, it seems like you, God is just with you, but he is with you even when you're not acknowledging him. But you're acknowledging the presence of God is with you. Amen? So we see here that Paul, again, is telling us that continue on. And the reason I, I, I talked about how we start our days is because it really is a battle. And I love what Pastor said last week. He said it is a battle formation and not a bailout. It's a battle formation and not a, a bailout. It's a spiritual battle. You know how hard <laughs> it is to, to prepare uh, on, on a message, which I always think, I always tell Pastor Manning, I don't know how you do it again. I just consistently do it. You do it well. And it, it's such a struggle for me to get back into uh, sharing of God's word like this. But, but then sharing it on prayer. Man, it just brings like a spirit of sleep over me. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like trying to, I just, I, I, let me take another 15 an hour later. I'm going to get, oh, oh, I got it. Let me take another 15 and an hour later. Oh, and you're just like, man, I just feel so tired, right? And then, then we go ahead and declare that we're going to fast. Man, this morning I was, I told my wife, how do you feel? I'm tired because I'm tired too. I'm tired and hungry, <laughs> right? I'm grouchy because I'm hungry. And so it's like all these things are just like aware. And the devil knows this. The devil knows this. He, he, he knows that, that who we are, number one, when we're uh, professing faith in Christ, but he also knows when we're about to make a step in the direction that's going to grow us. Right? And prayer does that. Fasting does that. It's, it's going to become this uh, opposition between our will and, and God's will. You know what's interesting is that something about faith that it's it's – Prayer is something that only believers do. You know that non-believers can feed the poor, right? You know that non-believers can go across to different continents and countries and, and serve and build schools and provide water and, and give them nice little gym shoes called Tom's. And, you know, the, the world can do that, right? But they don't pray. So as believers, it's like Paul is saying, let me just address something that we should already be doing as believers, praying. And it is a very disciplined, it's one of the hardest things to stay consistent on because the biggest adversary, be, be, to be honest, is us. Because we want to do what we want to do the way we want to do it and how we want to do it. It's us that gets in the way of God doing what he wants to do through us. It's so amazing that my, my son, I, I didn't know what was going on because my hearing aid was, was at home. So my wife finally put it on for me in the meeting and I was like, okay, now I know there was no power here. So I, did, I was like hearing it first too. And I'm like, there's no power here. And Jeremiah tells me, yeah, dad, there's no, there's no power up on the, on the things. I said, man, I got my analogy. <laughs> right? I, I got my analogy, right? <laughs> so we cannot be a church expecting to move forward as a body without the power of God. You know, it's, it's interesting that how we're so dependent on power. We really are. We're so dependent. Our functionality is, is, on, is on power, right? And uh, I, I work uh, retail, so one of the things that have been upgraded at our stores is the access for people to charge their phones because people get crazy when they can't par- charge their phone. And so we have charging outlets everywhere now, and people are literally on the floor laying down, whatever, plugging in. They don't care how they look. They're just plugging in to get power, right? And I, I've heard this analogy before, but when we have, we have the, the dish – and uh, 
I don't know why they, when they give you the dish, they don't take the other two that are still on your book. It's like they want to add another one and another one. It's just like take that one or use that one, right? And, and so uh, you have this dish, right, and, and you have the, 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 the receiver. And so when you're, you're watching cable, right, uh, the minute the receiver goes out, you freak out, but you start thinking, what, what happened here? Well, what's happened here is that it's not the, the power so much, but is that you're not receiving any longer the information that is coming from above that's going to be projected through your screen. And so what prayer is, is that it's information from heaven, right? And then it manifests itself in the physical, well, what we see and what we do, but it only comes through prayer. And what could hinder that prayer is when you have a storm, right? Certain rain, certain uh, winter winds or, or snow, and all of a sudden, oh, I can't see all of what I want to see now, right? I don't know what's going on here, and what's happening is you're allowing sin and your circumstances to now dictate the very transformation information coming from God the Father that wants to be manifested in your life at that very moment. All right. You got, you got three people here that want to have church, right? All right. Praise God, I can barely see my notes right now, but it's all good. It's all good. But Paul says, continually steadfast, right? Paul assuming already that we are in prayer because he says, continue. Why? Because it is vital, vital for our spiritual growth. It's actually, it's the only thing that the disciples even asked Jesus to teach them. They didn't go around and say, oh, Lord, Jesus, would you please show me how to expound on those scriptures? Would you show me the theses or would you give me the, 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 the five laws? Would you give me? No, they didn't say that. Oh, Lord, would you show me how to cast them? No. You know what they said? Teach us how to pray. Why? Because whenever he had a chance, Jesus knew the art of getting away and getting along with God. Before you even look at the miracles that God does, whenever you see miracles, you see a time where he was away with God, away with his father. Getting the affirmation again, getting that, that, that time again, right? Just, just being with him. Jeremiah, come here. Come for a second. Come for a second. This is Cape Luna. You know, this is my son. You guys don't know that. Go back down there. It's better. Okay. This, this is my son, right? And those are, those are parents, you know, that they, they come with a lot of things, right? They come with a lot of things. But one of the things that, that brings such a joy to me, is when we're close, when we're, we're intimate. And, and I, I love that. And, and, and as much as, like, there's times where we're, like, we're at each other's throat, there's times where he's doing something and he's pretty, he's distant, and we're not really, like, talking occasionally or something. But when we get together, and, and my, my kids know, I'm, like, I'm very, I just want to grab them, hold them, kiss them, and everything. I'm just, like, I, I want this. What do you think the Father wants from us? Do you really think he takes pleasure in us wandering through this world by ourselves, thinking that we figured it all out and we can do it without him? What, what does that look like? Let's see. I'm going to ask you to come up again later, probably. Right? So God, I mean, prayer is so vital. It's so important to us. It's such, a, it's such a privilege for us. The scriptures talk about how the veil was torn in two, and now we have access to come to the Father now we have that free access, but what are we doing with that? We, we, we'd rather be on our, our phones, right? We, we'd rather be on, on watching 
other, well, a lot of it's on the phone now. They say that people look at their, 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 their phone more. I'm going to say iPhone, but I don't know. Okay. Their phone more than they look at television screens. So even though you got that nice 60-inch, 50-inch TV, if you were to do the numbers, you're spending more time on the little screen. That's why they're putting so much effort into that because that's where a lot of visual stuff is coming through now. And so we spend countless hours on that. And five minutes of prayer, you're knocked out. Like, I can't even stay up. I got to, like, lay down because it is an exercise. It is a discipline. It is something that we have to work at, grind our teeth, roll up our sleeves, and, and, and get to work at. But there's pleasure in it once you, you, you tap in. So disciples ask, Jesus, teach us how to pray, right? And even the apostles, too. This was very important to them for God, uh, Romans 1, uh, chapter. Romans chapter 1, verse 9 through 10. I'm just going to read. I don't have to go there. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow God's will I may now at last succeed in a coming to you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. Colossians 1, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to what? Pray for you, asking that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. This was a pattern that our leaders in the faith were displaying. You know, even to know the will of God on a, on a daily basis takes prayer. It's not, it's not all here. It's here too. And it's communicating with him in your sphere of, of whatever uh, ground that God has given you at work, school, neighborhood, home. And, you know, it's funny, we, we went to, uh, well, we, sometimes we get away, we do these trips as a family, and uh, we get a chance to get on the boat. And <laughs> when you're coming in from being out in the, in the boat and you want to you wanna dock your boat, right, it, it, it's, the hard part is kind of like docking it, you know, without slamming into it. You know, not, don't put too much speed and, and get it to turn. And, and those that kind of get it real good are like, you know, it's like showing off. It's like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And, and or somebody jumps out and tries to pull you in. But but when you're coming up to a dock and you throw that rope, right, you are now pulling the boat to the dock. You're not pulling the dock to the boat. And when we're in prayer, we're allowing God to pull us into his will. Not telling God, you come into my will. Don't forget who is the powerful force in prayer. It's not us. It's, it's him and who we're praying to. And you want to know one of the things that, that, that is common, it doesn't matter what denomination or background or, or what you think about all types of other things or doctrines, but one of the common factors or truths we see about all these leaders is that they pray. They have just this amazing intimacy with God. And we can debate on the other things, but that right there, there's something said about that. There, there's, there's something said about that. And, and, and prayer, again, it, it's a privilege. It's something that we see it's, uh, in, throughout Jesus' life, his disciples, the, uh, the apostles. First Thessalonians chapter 3.10 says, As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Man, day and night? Don't you have a job? It's like you, you can't, you, you, you got to pray day and night. And, and, and what does that look like? When, you, when you're praying day and night, it's like you're constantly thinking and asking God, conversating with God, communing with God. 
And you know what's funny? It's like, you do it already with talking to your friends. There's a lot of posts that are up there that are during your work hours. There's a lot of response on your text messaging that are doing work hours or school hours. There's a lot of posts up there during times where you're supposed to be doing something else. And you ask, well, well, I don't have time to pray. Yeah, but you had time to talk to everybody else in the world throughout the whole day. But you don't have time to talk to God. <laughs> I'm convicted by that. Because I'd be, be like, hmm. You're looking at it right there. I feel like it's something there. Nothing's even there. Just like, right? And you're just bringing it out. It's already become a bad habit, right? It's like, cut it off, right? It's like right there. And, and so it's, it, there's, there's no, there really is no excuse for it. He's made it so, he, not only has he provided his son, but he's torn the veil. He's provided you the Holy Spirit. He's given you every excuse you could throw out the window to say, you can come to me. You can come to me. By the way, he also says to continue on praying, but do it steadfastly. Meaning, don't waver from it. Stay firm in it. Settle this practice of prayer in your life. You know, when you buy a home, you tend to look at the foundation. You want to see if there's any cracks in it or something, right? If there's any signs of water leakage. But truth be said that when you uh, put a foundation down for a home and lay it, it takes a while for that foundation to settle. But now we live in such a fast-paced life of development that we just put the property, uh, we put the foundation, and the very next day, we got the carpenters out there framing already. They're not waiting. As long as that cement is dry, man, we're going to start building on that thing. And then two, three years later, start looking at cracks in your walls. You're like, wow, what is this? This is a brand new house. Well, because it's the foundation is settling in. It wasn't settled yet. And what Paul is saying here, he's like, you need to get this settled in your life right now. 2018, you need to put it on, on, on your, your journal and say, I'm settling this inconsistency of prayer in my life this year. And when you have a great foundation of prayer, even if you just have a foundation of prayer, you can start having work done from there on top of that. Never seen it, right? Paul says, continue steadfastly in prayer, right? Martin Luther says, if I should neglect prayer but a single day, I should lose a great deal of fire of faith. Cold hearts, we were talking, I wasn't talking about a pastor did earlier, right? Hearts of stone. Whenever you sense cold about things of God, Cold to people, cold to people. It's it literally is going to be tapped into to prayer too. It's tied into prayer as well. You stop praying consistently. You start having that that commune with God in the way. Even when you're reading the Word, it doesn't feel the same, or it's just a conviction may may lie to you and tell you that you're not welcome anymore. But God has again moved all those excuses out the way. Confess your sins, right? Faithful and just to forgive you. Confess it to one another. Come to me, you, all you are weary and weak and heavy laden and burdened. I mean, whatever it is, come back to me. C- come back to me and, 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 and come back and this communion of prayer, you can start it up again. Be watchful, right? He says in verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful. Being watchful is uh, observing something or someone closely, uh, being alert. You know, I have two dogs, and if you've been in my house, you know that I feed them table food. Why? Because... The minute they see you sit down and you're eating anything, they're right there. I don't care who you are. They're like right there. And they're smiling and, and they're like up front. They're, they're ready to go because they're looking and watching for, for something to drop. My dogs follow me throughout the whole house. But what they really follow me is when I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, or when I'm sitting down and eating. And they're just being alert, 
waiting for something to fall off the plate or waiting for me to take a glance at their eyes and just toss that bone or something like that to them. And they're just so watchful. You know, I, I wish I can tell you that the one that's watching us is like a dog, but he's not. The Bible says he's like a lion seeking who he could devour. We have an enemy. And we need to be watchful about that enemy. Yeah, you're yourself an enemy at times, but there, we also have an enemy, the devil. And you know what's funny about lions is that the only thing a lion thinks about every day when they wake up is what? Huh? What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat today? Who am I going to kill? And do I have to share it with somebody? But that's, that's, that's the thing. They're, all they're thinking about is what they're going to eat. You know that they need about... I think they said it's about 25 pounds of meat a day to eat. That's a lot of pounds of meat. So that means that they're hungry all the time, and that's the first thing on their mind. And until they get that done, they're not settled for the day. So what do you think the devil is doing right now? He's up waiting to see who he can as well devour, who he can pull away, who he can tempt and snare and entice, right? And it's funny because when you see these guys attack in these big herds i'm like man go get that you know water buffalo that guy's big eat that one you know no they go and grab what the weak one the small one because they know that it's probably a for sure catch right and it's it's terrible watching it but it's just amazing how they come and they grab it and you know when i was pastoring a church in, in chicago it was some of the same tendencies when you start to see one remove themselves from the flock you knew that trouble was just around the corner with that one. Sometimes you just got to stay close, guys. Sometimes we just got to stay with the herd and, uh, and, and wrestle it out, not on our own, thinking that we can do it by ourselves, but, but stick with the herd and, and teach that. Teach that to brothers, to the younger uh, believers uh, as well. And so be watchful. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. He's out there, and he wants to destroy it. Make no mistake about that. And Paul gives us just an illustration as well of, of spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6. But at the very end, verse uh, 17 to 18, he says that, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 18, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. It's not the nicest one to draw or to, to put on, but it's so important. He says, yeah, put all that on, but you ain't going to be able to fight without prayer. It's the one thing that it gets you even moving in all of that stuff. And we love the sword. Get me wrong. People love the word more. They love the word more than they love praying. It's easier for them, you know. But when you pray, it just brings everything together brings the whole armor of God together where it works as one unit. Isn't it warm in here or is it just me? Well, praise God. We got no power, but we got heat, right? So that's, that's a good thing, right? So we keep going. It's continuing steadfastly in prayer and being watchful in it with, here we go, thanksgiving. George Herbert says, oh, thou who has given us so much mercifully grants us one thing more. A grateful heart. R.A. Torrey writes that in his book, How to Pray, that in our approachment to God, we need to ask not for new blessings, but we should be thanking him for
for the blessing that he has already granted. Man, there's nothing more than having a child that doesn't thank you for anything you give them. That's for you, parents. I'm giving you the chance right now. Because what they don't understand is their, their request is always about what they need, what they want, what they need, what they want, what they don't have, what they need, what they don't ha- need, but what they want. I mean, it's just, it's just constant. But it's also nice sometimes when they say, man, I, I thank you for sacrificing that. I know you've been wearing the same gym shoes for like five years. That's, that's fine. You know, I mean, just small things like that to be thankful for. Well, how do we look to God? We're always going to him for something and never saying thank you for what you've already given us. Like spoiled true spiritual brats, right? And it's just like we, we just, we, we come to him and we're like, we, want, we never thank him for what he's already given us. What he's provided for. And so it's, 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 I think it's a key component missing in prayer because we have this, in, we feel like we have this entitlement in prayer. Well, he's got to do what, what we declare him to do according to his word. He has to give this to us. We're like twisting God's arm. No. How about being thankful for what God has already done? You know what's so important about uh, reciting the, or declaiming the gospel to yourself on a daily basis? This is me. I'm talking about me. It's like it prevents you from having this attitude like you just walked into salvation somehow, like into God's family. And this is me talking to God. This is Tony. I'm like, Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for this time because without even your son and, your, and the act that you did, I can't even talk to you. And Father, help me and, and to, to love my children, to love my wife. And this is, this is Tony. Father, thank you that you saved my marriage. Father, thank you that you're the one that allows me to even appreciate marriage. Father, thank you that it's, it's you that, yeah, I'm having trouble with my kids or I'm having trouble with this particular child. But, Father, I know that you're faithful and I'm going to surrender that person to you. Father, I have no more money in the bank to pay any bills. But, Father, I believe that you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to provide a way. And, I'm not, and I know that there's other people out there that, are, that, are, that have it way worse than I do. Father, I thank you for my broken down car. It's, it's fine. It makes a lot of noises, but it gets me there at work. You know, uh, thank you, Lord. Father, you know, thank you for the, 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 the faucet. You, I just start going off. I'm like, I'm crazy like that. I just start doing those kind of things. And what that does is it allows me to change my attitude. So when I walk into work, the one that I'm complaining about, I'm like, man, thank you that I have a job. And I can go there and thank you that I have a warm market to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they don't see a Christian coming in there complaining, but a Christian that says, I'm thankful. And we're going to change what's going on in here because I'm, a, I'm the light. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the world. It's another opportunity for me. So we're missing not only prayer, but we're missing thankfulness in prayer. And this is not me saying this. This is Paul. I know, guys, it's only been like one verse I've been speaking about. We're coming to it. We're coming to an end here, right? It's, it's a, be watchful, right? And then in it, be thankful, right? Be thankful. At the same time, pray also for us. This is Paul in verse three, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. You know, when I usually hear the word door in the church, it's like I'm just praying for God to open the door for that one, right? Or God must have shut that, God shut that door. I'm not with that girl no more. I'm not with that guy no more. Or I'm not at that job no more. Or I'm not at that church no more. Or I'm not at, I don't have that house no more. I don't have, I mean, we start associating doors with what God's will is. 
when you see it in scriptures, it's pertaining to the gospel and the opportunity for his kingdom to grow, not your kingdom to grow. And so here he's saying that even though I'm in jail, I can go ahead and say, man, I, I'm just going to wait it out on my parole, then I'm going to go ahead and preach <laughs> the gospel. No, he says that even though I'm in here, pray for opportunity. This is Paul, the greatest evangelist that we know of. And he's asking to help him for what he says to be clear and also for the opportunity and for the gospel to open, though he is in jail, that he still sees the gospel grow there mightily. You know what that says to me is that sometimes we can dictate what our outcome is by what our circumstances are. Lord, I can't do this because I'm still, you know, I'm still doing this over here. Or Lord, I can't do this because I don't have such and such capability. Even me, like, talking right now to you guys, there's so many men in this room that I, that I appreciate and so many men that I look up to that I'm like, I'd rather listen to them. And every time I think about my story, I, it's almost like I think Pastor likes to see me, like, in pain. <laughs> because I just had such a hard time w- with this throughout the week. And, and my, only my wife knows, like, like, the stuff that I go through. And it's just, it's hard. It's just it's like an attack and, and, and everything. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, how, like, why are you still this mean? Like, aren't you done with this guy? And, I, and I'm not like, you know, I don't, I'm so wayward at times. So wayward at times. So selfish at times. So inconsistent at times. But that's where he takes the pleasure. When you're weak. Oh, when you don't see Tony, you see him. So look for the opportunities. I, 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 the day that, that Eric sent this to me, I was able to pray this. I was like, oh, I'm praying over this the, the scripture verse. I was even thinking, like, I'm not going to pray. I'm going to ask him for another one because I don't want to say that. Right? <laughs> so I started praying it, and I was having a real bad day at work, real tough day. I felt like every seven or eight minutes they were calling me on my walkie and asking me to go see somebody else or a vendor. Or buy. I'm just running around. I think I walked, like, 22,000 steps that day in eight hours. This is like just nuts. And then the very last vendor, which I was already past my punch out time, asked to see me in the back. And I went to go see him. I just wanted to like tell him, hey, let me sign whatever you got. I'm out of here. Right. And I recognized who he was. And when I recognized who he was, I said, oh, man, not this guy. <laughs> so I, 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 I know this guy. I seen him 10 years ago. Ten years ago, and uh, we had a good talk of the gospel, and uh, just to hear what, what God is doing in his life and what was going on there, and I knew that it was, like, the Spirit was just nudging me, like, you need to, like, ask him specific questions on what's going on in his life, and I'm fighting right there, like, oh, I want to go home already, I want to leave, I don't want to do this, and I ended up asking away, and uh, we had a, a conversation that went for, like, 45 minutes. And he was just so grateful. I mean, the way he, I knew already that something was just bringing him down. His shoulders looked shrugged down. And, just, and he just was kept saying to me, like, this was a God moment. This was a God moment. God used you to, like, encourage. And he just felt so, like, encouraged to, to push on. And he has some struggles in his life. I'm talking, like, some stuff that I'm thinking while he's telling me, like, man, I don't even know, <laughs> like, what's going to happen with you. But I stood faithful that to say, no, the Lord is good. And it could work in this situation and wants to work in this situation. Right? 
So with that said, it's praying, guys, continually. Every day, if possible, we should be praying without ceasing. It says here, pray steadfastly, and in your prayers, be watchful. Be watchful for the enemy. Uh, be watchful for uh, uh, weaknesses or tendencies. Be watchful for each other, to help each other out, guys. Be thankful for each other. Be thankful for the things that God has already answered in prayer. Be thankful for the cross, which God answered, right? And in that, continue to ask for the opportunity that the gospel may be clear in what you present to the people in your sphere of work, at home, at school, at Dunkin' Donuts, at the grocery store, even with each other here. You know, instead of asking each other how's work, say, hey, how's the gospel going in your life? How, how's your prayer life, bro? You know, what are you fasting? And, and, and start encouraging each other with the things that it's going to help us grow in. Paul, again, was encouraging the Colossian church to continue on, be watchful, thankful, pray for gospel opportunities. And we're going to close with this, is that prayer really builds your intimacy with God. Intimacy, right? There are times where I have had brokenness before God, so broken that I don't even want to leave. I don't even know what to do next. Just feel like if somebody took all the skin off and was able to see everything within me, like an x-ray. And just really in those moments, I believe is where God starts instilling just a, a foundational moment of your life, informing you of what your view is of him and your relationship with him. It's very personal that, that you can take to leave because it's yours. There's a story, uh, uh, I remember my son just went back to... Um, Mother's son went back to school yesterday now. And uh, he still does the same things he did when he was like one or two years old. When he does something wrong or something bothers him. Right? And I just, as big as they are, you just see it. You're like, what's wrong? Nothing. You're like, something's wrong. I'm not. Then you see him again, like, man, what's, what's wrong? You know? Like, nothing. You're like, I know something's wrong. Why are you, why are you lying? And, and, and he shared a little bit y yesterday. It wasn't what I thought was really big or anything, but I know it was bothering him because he wasn't sharing about it. But there was a time that he wouldn't – I'm glad he's not here today. Uh, there was a – where we couldn't potty train him, right? We could not potty train him. We, 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 we couldn't potty train him like, like the number two. Number one was fine. Number two was like constantly like he's, whenever I found, saw he was missing, I said, oh, I already know. I already know what he's doing. And so there was this time where I think it was like one after the other, the same day, he just kept on doing it on himself. And I'm just like, what is wrong? I'm like taking to the toilet. This is what you do. And you don't want this. And, and, he, and he, he look at you, you know, like with his eyes. But there was a time where I was just, I was just frustrated that day where uh, I changed him. And then I said, I'm just going to go to bed. But I closed the door. I was working uh, nights at the time. I was so convicted because I was in the bedroom trying to get away, and I saw his little hand under the door, and he was crying. He said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I don't want to be far from you. Open the door, Papi, open the door. I don't want to be far. I'm sorry. And he thought 
that I was away from him and upset with him because he, he was pooping on himself that I didn't want to be with him. But do you know that that's what the devil does to us? We get into a mess on our own and, and we start thinking that God doesn't want to do nothing with us. And we put the veil back in front. And when suddenly God said, I, I'm, I'm a mistake. Or my situation is too big. You know what God is saying? That that veil has been torn from top to bottom. Nobody can put it back together again. And he's telling you, you come to me. In all of your mess. The Bible says while you were still yet a sinner, Christ died for us. Billy Graham in his 90s now. They asked him, what, would you, what do you regret in life? He says, well, I regret that leaving home so much, taking too many speaking engagements, not being too much involved in my kid's life. But what I regret the most is not spending more time with ones that I'm going to spend eternity with. A devotion to him himself. Such a privilege, brothers and sisters. It's such a privilege to have this opportunity come to God in prayer. It's such a privilege to sacrifice and say, God, I don't want this because I want more of you and fasting. And I want change in my life. More so the inward person than the outward person. I want change in me that only you can do. There is no diet out there or anything or no makeover that can change the heart like the Lord can. Let's stand and pray. Worship team has to come up. At this time, we're going to have prayer partners that are going to be stationed here at, at the sides of the sanctuary and also in the back. What I love about this, this church is how we have the chance to Go to someone for prayer. Every single Sunday, we have this opportunity. And every single Sunday, they want to pray for somebody. And when I get when I get picked, too, sometimes I'm just like, man, I would love. Why are we all, like, flocking here to this opportunity to come in, in prayer? I mean, this is a privilege that somebody else on my, on my behalf is going to pray with me, for me, to the all-powerful God who can only be the one that answers what you're going through right now anyway. So as they sing this song, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray right now just to transition us into the song. I want you to just think about that. Where are you at right now with prayer, with communion with God? Where are you at in, in fellowship with him? What is your view of that? Where are you at with fasting? If, if you're thinking like, I don't, I don't have nothing to do with, with fasting, after today, you just sense like, I, I need to fast. Go hard on your fast, too. Really separate yourself from the things that you know are going to be such a struggle for you to give up. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege, again, to talk to you, to plead with you. On the behalf of us, your children. Father, maybe for those that walked in here that they don't know you. This is a wonderful opportunity.
for them, for them to come to a place where they can connect with you. How? By, what, by the cross, by what Jesus has done, by his sacrifice on our behalf. There's no fixing ourselves up. We come to you as we are. And Father, for the believer that just wandered off, Lord, just wandered off and maybe compiled a bunch of different bad choices that they feel that they can't get, they can't have this communion with you anymore, that you're not going to receive them anymore. Father, I pray that they may see the truth and that there is nothing that can separate us from you, Lord, and that today they confess those things and that they cling to your love and that they cling to your promise and that they, again, rejoice with the privilege of having intimacy with you through prayer and through your word. And those that, that want to fast, Lord, I pray that you really pull them toward that direction of fasting and joining the body today and saying, hey, I'm not going to walk out of here without somebody's phone number or an email that we can stay in contact with each other throughout this fast each other on without eating or social media or whatever it is that you're going to give up because we want more of you.